Hello, everyone. Welcome to Karma Insights. So we started this podcast because we really want to support organizations in being more agile for the changing environments that all of us are facing. And at at the end of the day, we are trying to pull together fundamentally useful content for people where you can listen to this conversation and have some important takeaways that you can right away start implementing at your organization. So I want to introduce Nick Zemanek. Uh, He's one of our lead consultants. And we're going to be talking about knowledge management, knowledge transfers in the context of technology. And of course, this goes to other areas of businesses. But we have seen time and time again where there is not adequate knowledge management. And then when the time comes where someone has to someone's retiring or someone's taking a new opportunity or something else happens that there is really little to no opportunity for knowledge transfer. And then the organization is left in the lurch. So I'll head it over to you, Nick, uh, please uh, tell, you know, give us a little bit of an overview about what you've been thinking about here on knowledge management and transforming knowledge between folks. Yeah, for sure. Thanks. Thanks, Christian. Uh, you know, this is a topic that's pretty close to home just because I just rolled onto a new project and, you know, went through this basically entire process of someone leaving who has, you know, a lot of tribal knowledge, a lot of system knowledge, a lot of operational knowledge, been there for a long time. And then, you know, obviously this new resource comes in. You know, how do you extract and share that knowledge that this certain individual have, has? Um, you know, we've I know I've seen it multiple times and multiple places that I've been, whether it's, you know, on a manufacturing plant floor or, um, you know, in a, in a consultant role or, you know, in pharmaceuticals, you know, there's always seems to be at least one or more people who, you know, have certain knowledge that uh, they're the only ones that have it. So, you know, what is that process to get that knowledge, document it, and you know, turn that individual knowledge into a, a shared knowledge throughout the organization. Um, so, so I appreciate that, Nick. So why don't we just start off? So what is what? What would you define as knowledge transfer? Yeah, for sure. When you think about knowledge, of course, it's the the understanding and wisdom and you know topics that somebody has in their brain, but it's also the things that they do the activities that they perform every day, uh, the ideas that they have. So, you know, that's something to really keep in mind, whereas it's not, for an effective knowledge transfer, it's not enough to just get down everything they have on paper. It's also capturing what they do, um, how they benefit and and bring value to the organization and making sure those uh, pieces of information are are transferred as well. I, I think what comes up for me as I'm hearing you share that, Nick, is, uh, you know, a lot of the unsaid aspects of an individual's contributions to an organization, whether it be the relationships, whether it be some of the small things that someone might do that keeps an organization running, but it's really nothing that you write home about, you know, it's they're keeping the organization moving, but 
you're not going to ever see it on a metrics report, right? Yeah. Uh, and so I'm curious how you've thought about this on, on the multiple levels from the very uh, obvious things, the less obvious things and how you, uh, you know, extract that knowledge from someone for lack of better terms, you know, and how you can effectively absorb that, but also, as you're saying, share it across the organization such that uh, wherever possible, an organization is not in this situation again. Because at the end of the day, it's a, um, it's effectively a, it's a risk area. It's where this is a risk mitigation, business continuity, uh, planning strategy is how I've started to look at it. Yeah, you know, every task always isn't on a process flow, unfortunately. Um, you know, we've seen that. Uh, I think the first step is is starting with the objectives that, you know, talking about a specific individual, starting with the objectives that, you know, they are responsible for meeting. So, you know, taking an example of, you know, a business analyst or, uh, you know, a system owner, um, what are the recurring tasks that get done on a daily basis uh, that obviously they know, but, but in addition, the individuals in the organization know. Um, so starting with the tasks that everybody, the tasks that everyone knows and, you know, having that very initial list that you can build on, um, you know, once you have that to go off of, um, you know, you can move into a more interview uh, knowledge transfer session where you're one going over the processes that you know they perform, um, and also just extracting as much information that they they have. You know they can, you know they can actually, you know distribute from their mind. Um, you know as you go through different processes, you understand the nuances of each and the details of each, and you know certain things will come up. Um, but it's really important to start with that initial you know, list of objectives that you want to, you want to go through. And, you know, to that point, uh, I think one of the things too, when you're transferring knowledge and uh, resources departing is you're pretty low on time, right? So um, there's kind of a few options. There's one instance, you know, this, this resource might be transferring internally, which could be good, right? Because you have, you could have access to them after their, say they gave their two weeks, they're transferring to your uh, group in two weeks, you could have access to them. But one of the things I think you might see in that instance is that they're already starting to get pulled by that new organization, um, getting pulled in different directions. So even though you might have access to them you know, after their two weeks is up, the access during that two weeks might not actually be 100%. So we see that sometimes. Now, if they're going to an external organization, they're leaving your company, you know, that's obviously probably not going to have access to them after their, their, you know, departure date, but you will have, you know, more time to spend with them. I would assume that in most cases that pretty much full capacity in terms of being able to shadow their processes and meeting with them to understand their responsibilities uh, and, and transferring and capturing that knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. And so to, so, so to recap what, what I'm hearing you say, is that the first step is really developing uh, a topic coverage plan and, and really trying to, to be as expansive as possible, probably, you know, is one thing I'm, uh, I'm hearing from you. And, yep. and, and to, you know, and, and I think that 
probably even the process of creating that topic coverage plan is very educational in and of itself, right? Because at the end of the day, you're going to list everything out, then you're going to try to group it, and then you're going to try to simplify that list. And then I would even say you're going to try to prioritize that list. And then from there, you know, once there's that prioritization, that seems like, all right, we have a, uh, a basic high level plan of action here. Clearly we would need to estimate some timelines and such to see what is actually realistic to capture. What can we, or can we not get from other folks who might be supplemental folks to support this? What are some, what are some key pieces of documentation that we have to create or try to gather? I imagine all of this was, has been a part of your thinking whenever you've had to do this. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that list is going to, to drive your whole knowledge transfer process. Um, you know, like you said, you have your list of topics to cover, you know, then you, you know, move into the knowledge transfer process, which, you know, we can talk about is, you know, is a combination of knowledge transfer meeting sessions, um, shadowing, if you have available, if you have availability to them, as much day-to-day -day work as you can be involved in to see exactly what they're doing, the better. You know, one of the big ways that in the past that we've been able to capture knowledge is through just knowledge transfer sessions. So going through the traffic tra topic tracker, if there are steps that we need to go through and see, uh, one of the real benefits that we found is uh, if you have the capability with whatever meeting software you're using for screen recordings. So, you know, Teams and Zoom and, you know, whatever you're using, they generally have that ability. Uh, you know, a video is, I don't know about you, but I know that's, if I want to learn something, I'm looking up a video on, on online to learn how to do it. So if you can have that, you know, repository of video recordings for a lot of the large recurring tasks or topics in that, in that topic tracker, you, know, you can always refer back to that. And meeting minutes, thinking about a, a recent project where that I was on where we, we, you know, a resource was leaving. We had two weeks with the individual hour-long knowledge transfer sessions. We ended up taking close to 30 pages of single space meeting minutes. So, you know, <laughs> getting your fingers nice and loose, uh, typing, you know, furiously. And the, the goal is to get as much information down as you can while you are with that resource. And afterwards, you know, after the meeting, or whether it's every day or every two days or every week, organize those meeting minutes into the, the topic tracker, refer back to where each topic was covered, um, you know, creating one, your, your data, your meeting minutes, and then your topic tracker that you can kind of refer back to on where to find that. Got it. Got it. Yeah, that that uh, that, that was a, an impressive amount of notes on that knowledge transfer that I recall. And I think that that kind of speaks to, you know, there is this phase when we're holding those knowledge transfer sessions of, of basically being bombarded with more information than is feasible to actually absorb in that time frame, and and that creates a, of course, a short-term complexity, but also a long-term complexity. I I think one one question I have for you is that practically speaking, that creates an issue then for you know how how you keep that these knowledge transfers focused because they can also go to 
areas that are not as necessary. So any thoughts on that? Yeah, 100%. I mean, when you're, you know, you only have an allotted amount of time, right? You have your list of topics. I think the first piece, you know, is at every session, list out the topics that you need to cover. You know, it's really easy. So with your topic tracker, uh, you know, prioritizing each topic. So, you know, letting that drive your knowledge transfer sessions. So making sure you're covering the most important topics first. For each knowledge transfer session, you know, making sure that agenda of what you want to cover is very clear. Like, hey, you know, hey, I want to, you know, cover these three topics today. It's very easy to say, okay, well, since we're doing this, let's, since we're already looking at this, let's just go look at this, you know, too. Uh, it's, it's really easy to do that, especially, you know, when there's just so much to absorb. But so, you know, trying your best to really stay on task and, you know, follow the priority of topics there. Yeah, I, I'll also say that one thing I noticed that you did really, really well was you forced the discussion uh, into practical areas of going into, in this, in this instance, it was a system, but uh, there could also be a process flow or a policy or a strategy and literally looking it on the, at the screen, on the screen together and going through each piece and having a recording as we're looking at the screen kind of helps tie all the different ideas together. So that way it's um, contextually integrated, right? For sure, for sure. Yeah, and you know, the, the next piece to this all, so you have your notes, you have your topic tracker, you have your recordings, hopefully, or some combination of those. If you, you know, you have your topic tracker and you refer back to the day that you took notes on a certain topic. So the next step is creating this, all of this information and putting it in a presentable, accessible, shared knowledge base that the replacement individual, but also the intention should be that your whole organization can now access this. You know, I, we, I like to use OneNote seems to work really well in terms of a page or, uh, you know, a certain folder for each of the big topic areas. And, you know, depending on what if for this instance that, you know, we're, we're referring to, it, it's a system, right? So kind of separated that into different support areas. One is, you know, the technical architecture. The other part is more on a program related information. If another part is the operations manual. So if somebody, you know, needed to perform uh, operational tasks that uh, is done by this individual, you know, the steps to do that task is screenshots and everything in this big knowledge base that can always be referred back to. And from a knowledge transfer individual standpoint, you know, individual to another individual, uh, you know, this is obviously great. But uh, again, I think that really brings value when you're looking at creating a real shared knowledge organization where it's, you know, even if this next person would leave, right? Well, you still have this knowledge base and all of these, you know, all of this knowledge and um, data that the next person can refer to without having to go through, you know, quite as much as a detailed um, knowledge transfer process. I really, I really like that. I appreciate that. I mean, I think that you know, OneNote worked really, really well for this. I'm sure 
a Google Doc can work well as well, and perhaps some other, you know, Dropbox paper, whatever you might have. But at the end of the day, this idea of having this giant, you know, like a big table of contents, operations manual, legal, how a software is released, the management and oversight and general FAQs. And what comes up for me is as all of this is being documented and the policies and procedures and decisions that were made are being put in here is that it also gives the ability to start thinking more strategically about the role such that we're not putting all our eggs in one basket, so to speak. You know, if this is such a fault point for an organization where someone leaves and it can basically bring the organization to a halt, that's a problem, right? And this in my mind is really the first step to get out of that situation such that, you know, you have all of these knowledge base articles and then you could give them to a couple of other folks to take on and to own or even to do better backup processing such that when that person goes on vacation who's taken this over, you don't have to worry. There's a place to exactly follow what needs to be done. Yeah, 100%. I mean, to that point, you know, one of the following steps after this knowledge base was created was creating a backup plan. And, you know, the backup plan becomes very easy at that point because you can just link back to this knowledge base for all of the topics. So, again, you know, further mitigating risk for, you know, long-term and short-term departure. Yep, yep. That, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. I think that uh, what I'd be curious um, from you, Nick, is, you know, now looking back on, on this knowledge transfer, this knowledge management process and, and some of the things that you've learned in, in really supporting organizations in doing this. Um, are there any final thoughts that you want to leave with folks, uh, not only about maybe this process, but how they should be looking at, you know, supporting their organizations in having, you know, a strong foundation or being more agile or, you know, being more resilient as, as, as times are always changing. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to wait for an employee or resource to leave to do a process like this. You know, this was a this case study was a pretty intense one, right? We only had it two weeks. But imagine, you know, if your organization and you want to do this for three or four or a handful of systems you have over an entire year and, you know, make these initiatives to uh, for each system, you create a knowledge base like this. And then, you you know, we have choose your, you know, repository software, right? SharePoint or, um, you know, Dropbox or whatever you, you know, choose and start creating a shared knowledge base instead of, you know, having individuals be responsible for, you know, having all of this knowledge and, and I guess remembering all this knowledge too is, is, a, is a tough thing. You know, now that I have this knowledge base that's created, you know, and now I'm supporting this system, it makes my life easier. Because I can just go and, you know, look up this task that I need to do that we might have covered, you know, during a half an hour or 20 minute discussion a couple months ago. You know, I don't have to remember exactly every step of that. I just need to know that, hey, I have this knowledge base and I can go find it there. All right. Well, thank you so much, Nick. I really, really appreciate your time discussing this topic. And thanks everyone. We're gonna we're gonna make sure that this is on the website. It'll also be in the links from in the podcast notes. And uh, we are, you know, we're actually trying to upload a bunch of like templates and deliverables such that folks can easily access them on the website. 
so you should be able to take a look at that and hopefully that can be of use to you. And if you have any questions, just send us a note at hello at karmaadvisory.com. Thanks everyone.